Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we're talking to Lenny Thomas. Linny's college major was nuclear engineering, and her interest was nuclear physics. When she was offered a scholarship to the healing school of her choice in 1997, this began Linny's journey as a healing practitioner, and she also began researching energy medicine modalities. She's put together the Encyclopedia of Energy Medicine, which will be available on April 8th of 2023. Welcome to the show, Linny. Thank you, Barb. Glad to be here. I'm thrilled to have you, and I love your book. I mean, it is, you know, it's a research book of modalities, every modality I've heard of and not heard of. (laughs) But it's pretty amazing. But, you know, when you were given a, um, a scholarship, first of all, I never heard of anybody getting a scholarship for any school of their choice. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, it started uh, with a friend of mine who was starting a ministerial school. And I had been working with somebody who was uh, quadriplegic. And at the end of a year, uh, she had complete use of her arms, uh, her upper body. She could feed herself, comb her hair. Uh, She had a couple of fingers that were still numb, but otherwise was free on her own. And when her legs started to move, she fired me. And that's when I learned the difference between cure and healing. Cure being the absence of symptoms, and healing is when a person gets to the point where they want to go on down the road and get on with life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never thought about the difference between the two. So at that point, the love affair went sour at the same time, and I didn't have anything to do with myself. So a friend of mine was starting a ministerial school. So I had four days to fill out all kinds of questionnaires and about what I was doing, what I wanted to do in five years, that kind of thing. Yeah. Filled it all out, got it all done, turned it in, and she called me in the day before classes started and said, "We the board has met. We talked about you last night. I prayed about you last night, and we've decided to turn you down. So I thought I had flunked out of ministerial school before I even got into it. And she said, the world has a lot of ministers, but we badly need healers. And your work is full of healing work. We're offering you a scholarship to the school of your choice. Mm, Wow. And uh, at that point in my life, Reiki was too woo-woo for me. Now it's fine, but at that time, it was difficult for me. Coming from your heavy scientific background. Yes, yes. And it's a big jump. <laughs> the Brennan School was too expensive for me, and it was clear on the other side of the country. But mm-hmm. she knew somebody who had taken Healing Touch up in Seattle. So she put me together with her, and uh, that girl gave me the office number of Healing Touch, which mm-hmm. was in Colorado at the time. I called them, and wouldn't you know, in three weeks' time, they were having a class in my area. And they only wow. do at that time. They were only doing one a year in my area, <laughs> and I that's knew, wild. Yeah, I knew for within, that time. I knew within five minutes I was home. Mm-hmm. And what was it about Healing Touch? The compassion. That, um, pardon me. I walked into a room full of compassionate people. And uh, the kindness in that room and the compassion, and there were 18 students in that class, just amazed me. Wow. Wow. And science? Oh, yes. Was it scientific enough? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've I've never taken it. I've been the recipient many times, but I've never taken that course. Well, Healing Touch was originally taught for nurses by nurses. And I'm what they call a non-nurse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, a scientist. So, yes, it's very scientifically oriented. Mm-hmm. 
And that started you on your journey. And um, where'd you go to from there? Why, you know, because in your book, there are so many. And I, you said that um, you've studied a lot of them and you've been the receiver of a lot of the work. I don't, there's so many in there that I don't know how you were able to do all that. <laughs> well, it, it took a few years. Mm-hmm. I, I became an instructor in Healing Touch. And my students were starting to see all these different modalities on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to know which one is right for me. And that's what began it. I had been a software technical writer for a number of years. And so the idea of writing a reference book was not unusual to me. Right. And I began to research the modalities so that I could answer my students' questions. And it just grew and grew, and then suddenly one day it dawned on me, I should put this all in a book, and away it went. So glad you did. So glad you did. Um, What's the difference between an energy medicine practitioner and an energy healer? And then you say, or biofeed therapist. I don't even know what biofeed therapist is. When I first got into it, there was a lot of discussion about what we should call ourselves. Biofield therapist seemed to be the most accurate when I first got into energy medicine. But therapists were saying, we have to be licensed, and to have you use the term therapist, we're not happy with, because you're not licensed. Mm -hmm. Energy healer um, is used quite often, but it doesn't sound as scientific. I was going to say, it sounds more woo-woo. It does. And uh, we're working so hard on becoming acceptable into allopathic medicine. So the term energy medicine practitioner came up. Nobody argued with it. Nobody had a problem with it. And so that's that's become the name for all of us in, in this field. What does an energy medicine practitioner do? All right, to explain... That's huge, right? (laughs) Yes, all right. If you go back to your... I feel like I lobbed you a boulder. (laughs) No, no, it's okay, because I start my classes this way, so it's Mm -hmm. fine for me. I talk about when you took general science, they talked about energy, electricity going through a wire, and it creates a field around the wire, and there's also a field within the wire. We've got electrical, chemical, magnetic, and life force energies going through our bodies, so we have a field around the body and energy flowing within the body as well. What an energy medicine practitioner does is when that body, that energy field, is out of balance, we bring it back into balance. We do that by removing blockages, uh, congested energy, a number of other things, but once that field is in balance, the body isn't working to bring it into balance when there is something else going on, like an injury or an illness or even an emotional upset. By bringing it back into balance, the body body can heal itself more easily. It's another tool in the toolbox to help people get well. And you still like healing touch the best of all the modalities? Yes. <laughs> And how would you do that then? Bring it into balance. Is that too big oh, a question? On uh, no, that that's fine with me. Um, I first do an assessment, mm-hmm. which means I run my hands about six to eight inches over the the body, and I can feel different things. My students feel things differently than I do. I spend about two hours in my classes teaching them how to how they personally recognize energy in the field and where it's different. So I have them look for differences in similarities in in another person's field, and they work with at least three different people, and they learn that the head feels different than the feet. They learn that the hands feel different than the stomach. They learn that this person's energy feels a little bit different than this one, and how to recognize that is, I think, the most important thing in the class that I teach. And everybody is a little bit different, and we all have unique gifts 
that come from our ancestral background, from our physical body, from our culture, from our families, all that kind of thing all comes together in a package. And so that's one reason why there are so many different modalities, because some person has seen it in a certain way and it works for them. And then they attract other people who feel that same similarity in how they recognize energy. So in the beginning, it's kind of like, you know, the story of the three blind men exploring an elephant. And one sees the tail and thinks it's a snake. And one thinks sees uh, the leg and thinks it's a trunk of a tree. Um, one feels the, the, the trunk of the elephant and thinks it's a branch of a mm-hmm. different things. But they're all correct, but they're, they're only seeing part of it. And that becomes their specialty. And that's what's happening in energy medicine is all these different people have created a special form of looking at the energy field based on their own way of recognizing it. If we're going to take a little piece like that, like the elephant, is that uh, dangerous or damaging not to know the whole part? Is that is that an issue? No, it's not an issue because you're not just looking at the tail. All of energy medicine is holistic. We are looking at the whole person. We're looking at them physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, mentally. We're looking at the whole thing. So not only when I do an assessment and check out the field, but I also have asked the client what their background is. Uh, I, I like to even know religion, all that kind of thing, so that I can talk in their language, so they're comfortable with me. So there's a lot of things that that come into the picture besides just an assessment of the field itself. I also use a pendulum and uh, check the different chakras. Also, um, I'll check them as they as she presents them, and then I will ask where his or her issues are, and use the pendulum, and it will tell me where the issue is that's going on, be it a physical one or usually physical or emotional, are the most common things that I deal with. And I can... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, for example, pain. Different people recognize pain. For me, it's like putting my hand in a box of sparklers that are all lit. I get the stinging sensation. Uh, And I can't tell the difference between emotional pain and physical pain. But it doesn't matter. The person is uncomfortable either way, and so then I pump it out. Now, do you get a where they say, um, well, I have pain here, but then you're really picking it up someplace else? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Physical, most often it's over wherever the, the, I like to say, owie is, be it an injury Mm -hmm. Uh, recovery from a surgery or an illness or a cancer or whatever, um, it's there. But sometimes it's not. And my favorite story of this is a friend of mine uh, had a client who had terrible headaches, absolutely terrible headaches. And in her intake, she asked him when they started. Well, they started shortly after he'd had a surgery on his toe. She checked the toe, and here was all this mass of congested energy, removed and cleared the energy out, and his headaches went away. Wow. But there is a band of energy that goes through the feet and up through the head. They're connected. So they're connected, but nobody Mm -hmm. had thought to look at his feet. Right, for for the headache. Yeah, yeah. But by asking him when it started, it gave her the clue as to where to look. Mm-hmm. So, um, would she have picked it up if he hadn't said anything about that? Probably. Where, but she didn't. Yeah. She would have noticed the energy. Mm-hmm. But she went right to it because he she asked him. Right. <laughs> right. It kind of cuts down the time, the work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, what is the difference between therapeutic touch and healing touch, or therapeutic or are they the touch same? Is- forerunner of 
Healing Touch. Janet Menken, who started Healing Touch, uh, took Therapeutic Touch, got very involved with it, wanted to do bring in other techniques as well as what Therapeutic Touch did. Uh, Dolores Krieger, didn't, of the founder of, of Therapeutic Touch, didn't like that, didn't want other techniques brought in. And so Janet Menken broke away from that and formed Healing Touch. Oh, I see. So it's essentially the same with the little added. Yes. And which is the one, or do they both, come into the hospitals? Because I know in the hospitals, because of the science-based, yes. the hospitals have opened up to therapeutic or healing touch. Both of them are nurse-based uh, modality, mm-hmm. although anybody right. can take the classes. And like me, as a non-nurse, um, I can right. take classes. Yeah. But, the, but there's not, and I could be wrong on this, it doesn't seem like it really integrated it. It's almost like um, people are doing it, nurses that are doing it on their own on the side. I don't know that it's really integrated into a hospital setting or into medicine. We're working on that. We're working on that. Um, Healing Touch is now accredited by the American Holistic Nurses Credentialing Center. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, and it it's a lot of work, and it involves a lot of bureaucracy that we instructors hate. But right. it's getting us into hospitals, and it's getting us into universities to teach the classes. And we're the only modality that I know of that has that accreditation. And this is into hospitals. Is it going into medical schools at yes. all? Yes. It is. That's why that accreditation is so important. Yeah. So so they are, while the you know, at the basis, at the beginning, while they're learning, they're aware now that there's an energy field they need to be. Yes. In fact, it's, it's even on the charts for nurses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has been for quite a while. What do you mean a chart for nurses? But when the nurses chart. Oh, uh, I've got you. Yeah. They yeah. will start that they have done some energy work of some kind. Yes. Is that in all the hospitals? I never see the charts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. That's amazing. It, it's part of the nursing list. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Are doctors doing it at all? Or yes. nurses? They yeah. are. Yes. And is but it just... Dis- there's a I little was- difficulty here for doctors... Um, in most states, doctors are not allowed to practice energy medicine in an allopathic office. Why? I don't know. Yeah. But in several states, uh, I wrote another book called um, uh, Laws Governing Energy Medicine Practitioners. And in some states, if a doctor wants to do energy medicine work, it has to be done in a different location, and only energy medicine can be done. When hmm. the doctor is doing allopathic, cannot do energy medicine. Weird. That's an it, AMA thing, right? <laughs> yeah. However, more and more doctors are doing it. Uh, they're 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 beginning to see why. You know, mm-hmm. too many that they can get a, a healing better. Yes, yes. I I can describe, I have a lovely story that goes with how energy medicine works in in conjunction with allopathic medicine. We've got a construction worker, and he slips and falls. It's been raining, and lands in the mud and breaks his leg, and it's a compound fracture, which means that the bone has actually pierced the skin. Okay, so if a doctor puts the bones back together, that man or woman is going to heal faster mm-hmm. and, and probably will be able to walk again. The doctor, another tool in the toolbox, might use pins to hold that bone together while it's healing. Someone comes along and sterilizes the wound and the tear in the skin. That's another thing that's going to help him get better. Someone stitches up the, the tear in the skin and the surgical uh, opening mm-hmm. that's going to help him get better if he's given antibiotics 
he's going to get better. If an energy medicine practitioner comes in and smooths out and brings the the field back into balance, there's going to be less pain and the client will heal faster. Mm -hmm. They aren't competing with each other in any way, shape, or form. They're all just different tools to help that person get well. It's it's amazing, but I haven't seen, and I've been operated on and all, I haven't ever seen a energy worker come to me in a hospital setting. You have to ask for it in most places. Oh, yeah. yeah. There are, when will it be part of the, you know, where I don't ask for it? I don't know to ask for it. You know, when will it be part of the protocol? I guess Some hospitals are doing that. Uh, I know Queens Hospital in Honolulu is doing it. There's a hospital in Cleveland that's doing it. There's a New York hospital that I know personally, but there's a lot more uh, that are accepting. What's a New York hospital? I know the New York hospital's better. You know, I can't remember the name of it. There are a bunch it, of them. It, yeah. It has a nursing school attached to it. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, what's amazing to me is therapeutic touch, healing touch, all of that has come in, but acupuncture has not. And acupuncture, I feel like, was the first one talking about the chi and the blockage of the chi and the movement of the chi, and yet they haven't made it into the um, allopathic medicine at all, which is really unusual in the way it is especially with the the new discovery that's that's come about where they have actually found the the, the mouth and gear here meridians flow through the body and, and channel energy through the body and they have actually found where that is in the body how did they find it uh uh Medical school in Korea found it, and it almost within a short time, a, a doctor who's, I don't know which, I'm trying to think, it's not coming to me, which school he was working with, you know, and, and doing the research. But it's kind of like the fascia. It's a very, very thin layer. It has more to do with the... Uh, cardiovascular system that's where they found it was in the cardiovascular system and it follows exactly the, the meridians that's amazing that's a major breakthrough really because our science has to see it yes. and you know feel it has to see it <laughs> so that's a huge breakthrough yes and then there's a doctor in France who put a harmless radioactive isotope into an acupuncture point mm -hmm. and watched it using some kind of a gamma ray camera, something like that. They followed it as it went through the whole body. It takes 24 hours to complete the, the whole circuit. And the, it followed it almost exactly the way the Chinese had documented it. When he put That's it amazing. at the point... It formed a random pattern. Say that again. If they, when they put the the radioactive isotope in a random place in the body that was not connected to a meridian. Oh, okay. It didn't go through the meridians. Yeah. Yes, we are getting the science now, where we actually have the mechanics, the the technology, mm -hmm. and we're even starting to measure the vibrations in the human energy field. How long do you think before the AMA will accept this? I think it's going to come from client, client and patient asking Requests. for us. Yeah. Asking. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm in this field and it never crossed my mind to ask for it in the hospital. For one thing, it's getting so fast. You're, we're doing drive-by operations. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's a, we're lucky if we get a bed, much less a, uh, you know, a healing touch practitioner. <laughs> I, I do want to say that my admiration for what allopathic medicine is doing boggles mm -hmm. my mind. It Every does. Time, it, like with a knee replacement or a hip replacement, 
it's changing almost every time I go in and always for the better. It's amazing how quick the recovery is now from what it was right. even years ago. And so I like to pat them on the back and say, hey, you guys are doing a terrific job. I know. Um, people are on their feet, moving around yeah, really fine within 24 hours. You know, I mean, it's it's um, it still takes some recuperation, but really, I mean, it's almost like you have to hold yourself back rather than being held back by an operation. It's am- yeah, it is amazing. I'm with you. I'm amazed by it. Yeah, I'm absolutely I had, amazed. I had a client a while back. Uh, she came all the way from Baltimore to Portland to have her surgery, and and she's a nurse, but she liked. Portland area better. Mm-hmm. In Portland, we have a, a bookstore called Powell's Bookstore. It's enormous. It, absolutely yeah. enormous. And three days after her surgery, she was at Powell's. She had somebody pushing her around in a wheelchair, but she was still getting up and down out of the wheelchair to look at books. It is amazing. Yes. I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Um, you know what? I'm going to take a break now. And when I come back, I'm going to ask you about different modalities and, and how they are different. So I'll be right back. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and we're back with Lenny Thomas, who has written the Encyclopedia of Energy and Medicine. Um, I wanted, this is a question I've always had, what is the difference between therapeutic touch and Reiki? Basically, nothing. Oh, okay. (laughs) It looks different, though. Well, the way it is taught is different by leaps and bounds. Uh, therapeutic touch is on a very scientific background. Reiki started way back, I have no idea how many thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, uh, in Japan. And it was brought to Hawaii and then to the mainland. But Reiki believes that you need to have symbols done over you in order to be attuned to be able to do the healing work. In therapeutic touch, healing touch, we know that you don't need the symbols. Now, the symbols, are they for the practitioner's um, belief system, or do they actually create their own energy? Uh, it, what it does, really, uh, and, and they, I'm sure a lot of Reiki people would not be happy with my saying that, but it gives people permission to do the work. They've had the symbol put on their head, uh, and, oh, that means I can do this. But the okay. truth is, anybody can do this kind of work. Even children do it. Who are much more comfortable with the acceptance, right? Yes. Right. yes. And if you have trouble believing in this, do it on an animal. Oh, yeah. No, I've done it. I've done Reiki on my cats, and they are, they'll take it. They're ha- they love it. And when they're done, they just get up and walk away. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we're good. <laughs> but, but they're not asked, thinking, oh, gosh, I wonder if this really works. And most animals will present to you 
uh, be it Reiki or healing touch or whatever, the part of the body that's got the injury. Mm-hmm. They usually turn it towards you, let you do your thing, and two or three minutes later it's all done, and they get up and walk away, or they yawn and go to sleep or whatever. But right. they let you know it's done. Which, My pets are – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. It, it leads into, okay, who is actually in charge of the healing work? Oh, good. Animals That's a good question. Because it is not the practitioner. It is the client. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, even whether they know it or not, their body and their energy field knows where the energy needs to go to bring it back into balance. All I am as a practitioner is an assistant that allows the energy to go, that provides it. It's kind of like a garden hose. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't turn the water on, and I don't turn it off, and I don't tell the plants what to do with the water once it gets there. But I am an assistant in allowing that water to flow. I am an assistant in allowing the energy to flow, kind of like a conduit. But it's the client who makes the decision, not me. And it's the client who decides where it's going to go, not me. I may so if, need, well, if I, you're working on somebody's head, let's say, but they need it on their kidney, will they take it from their head to their kidney? Yes. Do you have to work on that spot, or can you work pretty much anywhere and you, the energy go as needed? This is where intention overrides technique, because you and the client are me as a client I, uh, or as a practitioner, together we set an intention for what we want to happen during the healing session. And it, that intention overrides everything. And that leads us into quantum physics and how this works. Because it, when they first started working in quantum physics and they were studying light particles, And sometimes it would act as a wave, and sometimes it would act as a particle. And then somebody noticed that it was the expectation of the observer of the experiment that determined whether it would act as a particle or as a wave. And that is more of leads into an explanation of why the client is the one who is in charge. Wow. Do they know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yep. is it, you know, subconscious more that's yes. going on? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and both the physical body and the, the field within and around the body know where that energy needs to go to bring it back into balance. So their intention, their conscious intention, may not be the real intention. True. However, the overall, I mean, if if somebody's got um, a knee replacement, their intention is to have that knee working again. Right. And so part of the intention will lead them to a doctor who will do the surgery to do a knee replacement. And they may include an energy medicine practitioner who can bring the field into balance once the surgery is done. Mm-hmm. I, I have more fun with doctors. Uh, if they're in the, cause I, as soon as they'll let me in, sometimes I can get into the um, recovery room in Oregon. They're, they're a lot more fussy about it. It's hard for me to do that, but I'm there as soon as possible after a surgery. And let's, let's say it's a knee and I'll run my bot hand above the body about six, eight inches. But when I get to the knee, it will spike up like a little mountain. And it's called an energy spike. It's a pain spike. And then when I do my work in soothing and smoothing out that field, that spike goes away and so does a lot of the pain, which enables the body to heal itself faster because it's not dealing with pain, which can slow down the healing process. But I love to have a doctor, if they're in the room, I'll have them run their hand over over the field like I did, and the hand will do like mine. It will start six, eight inches above the body. It gets to the knee, and it goes over this little mound, 
mountain and comes out at the feet. And the doctor will say, I don't feel anything. And I say, (laughs) do it again, but watch your hand. And the hand automatically goes around this pin spike. Oh, there is something there. (laughs) When it's so pronounced and so fresh, it's, it's extremely rare that somebody doesn't feel that and go around that spike. So you have a convert right away. Yes. Same right. thing with family members and things. I'll have them do the same thing. But once I've done my – brought the field back into balance, that's no longer available. You know, that pain spike goes away. Sometimes a doctor is interested enough that they'll come back 15 or 20 minutes later, and I've, I've done the balancing, and it isn't there, and then the eyes really pop. Yeah. 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 That's great for that education. That's great. Yeah. What about where you talk about having to be there? What about distance healing? All right. Now, we're back into quantum physics again. What they have found is they have gone in between the molecules, in between the atoms. We used to think that was empty space. It's not. But also, time and space does not exist there. So if you're in, you're in Colorado, I'm in Oregon, if I were to work on you, I will put you on my table. I have a massage table. And I can feel your energy there. And I'm working between the molecules and between the atoms to do that. This enables me then to work on you and bring your field back into balance. You will imagine me on your massage yes. table? Okay. And my pendulum will actually show me what your chakras are doing because I have no way of knowing. I, it's not something I can make up. And COVID really brought this into the forefront because all of a sudden we couldn't hold class. Right. And there was quite a bit of concern. Is it going to shut us down? People said, let's, we've done distant work for years. Let's try it in the classroom. In all of the modalities, it has been highly successful. Yeah. Is it a different technique? Well, other than, you know, you imagine I'm on the table or your patient's yeah. on but, I'm but still, otherwise, it's a different techniques. No, it's the same techniques I would okay. use for live on the table. So, so what you're bringing to it is really your imagination of the person being there. Yes, yes, but it works. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Okay. It boggles my mind every time. And so I, why, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I've done hundreds of you know, but it, right. So why would you then ever go into a hospital, let's say? Why not just stay home and do it all the time? Is it better to be there, or does it just not matter? Well, most of my clients are not in the hospital. They usually are come to see me for a variety of things, not just because of surgeries coming up. So a hospital setting, yes. Now, to get into the hospital, it has to be at the client's request here in Oregon. And in a lot of states, that's true. Um, and they'll, they'll simply say that I'm coming. Sometimes they have to fill out a little form that says I'm coming, especially now that COVID's been an issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you change, let's say, um, rheumatoid arthritis and the deformity? Can that be rolled back, or is that? Well, believe it or not, one of the things to become a certified practitioner is you have to do a case study. And my case study was on a person with rheumatoid arthritis. And I worked on her for, oh golly, several months. And she had hammer toes, and her, her fingers were clawed. At the end of it, she could wear regular shoes. Wow. She was absolutely thrilled the first time she could put her wedding ring back on her finger. Mm-hmm. So, yes, wow. you can't help that. But it takes, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, in a sense, we're retraining the 
the physical and the energetic field, and it doesn't, if the body's not used to it, it'll go back to the way it was. It takes a lot of intention on the part of the client and on the part of the practitioner, um, and to keep doing it over and over and over again until finally. And you, I, I, I would watch it as the toes were starting to relax a bit, for example. So let's say rheumatoid arthritis, there's a chemical, a physical thing that's going on that's making this happen. But is there an underneath thing? You know, that, I mean, why her, not me? You know, that kind of, you know, is there a psychological thing? Is there a um, karma thing? You know, I mean, is there something underneath that? Yes. It creates it. So one of the things I'm looking for is source, what started it, Mm -hmm. and have the client talk about it. Uh, And in their talking about it, Lots of times they release it, and I just listen. I, I, counseling is not in in my scope of practice, but by listening to the client and they're listening to themselves as well, because lots of times I'm asking questions nobody's thought to ask them. You know, such I, as such as when did this start? What was going on in your life? Uh, was there a crisis going on? Is it a hereditary thing? I want to know all that information, and that helps in what I determine for techniques, among other things. You find underneath there's usually psychological, that it is, you know, more yes. psychological than yes. hereditary, or, or well, psychological kicks off hereditary. It's psychological. You hit it right on the button. Psychological kicks off the hereditary. You can have even twins in a family and one won't get it and one will. Uh, and it, it, some, something's happened in the one's life that has triggered, say, rheumatoid arthritis. So you have to get to, as you called it, the source. What, where, where did, what triggered it? What, what, triggered what happened here? Yeah. And, or what and, belief did you take on, maybe? Exactly. And let the, just listen. I'll ask a few pointed questions, but what I want is for the client to hear themselves. And talking about it out loud is not something they often get to do. You know, when you go to a doctor's office, there's not a whole lot you can say in in 15 minutes, and he's asking you questions, and they're not what you want to talk about. You want to talk about the whole picture. With an energy medicine practitioner, sessions last an hour to an hour and a half, And a lot of it is just listening. That's one of the greatest gifts we can give to our clients. And once they start talking, the energy starts to release. Yes. Yes. And they're so I take it they're probably surprised by it as well. What's coming oh, out of their so. mouth? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they didn't exactly. realize either what triggered. And how they're feeling, letting it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abuse is a, a, a big thing to release, uh, it, both sexual abuse and um, experiences of combat vets. Once a year, I go up to the Warm Springs Reservation, and we spend two days working on combat vets, one right after the other after the other. It's very rewarding work, but the PTSD calms way down. Does it go away completely? or Sometimes. And sometimes not. For some reason, uh, a person can't let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's their choice, not mine. Is it a choice or is it like somehow it got into the chemical makeup or it, it no, it's kind of broke choice. something? No, you know. it's, choice. it's choice every time. Okay. And they be conscious of the choice that they have made, but it is still choice. Now, there you, it's like a direct, um, line back to where this started you know i mean you know ptsd you can usually see okay i was in iran or you know whatever but there's a direct line back but for the average person that direct line probably is harder to come by yes and it it can be something as simple as uh, somebody who went to 
Catholic school years ago, they don't do this anymore, and a nun flapped him on the back of the hand with a ruler, and that mm-hmm. can set off a PSD, PTSD event. And until they can, and they may not even remember it. One thing, too, with the clearing and balancing the field allows those memories also to come up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was wondering, how did they get back to that? Yep. Yep. And it's yeah. kind of like, I, I like to talk about it like peeling an onion. Uh, uh, there's layers and layers and layers, but we are a living onion that is still growing, so new layers are forming at the same time that we're peeling the outside layer. And it it takes a long time sometimes to get through to the depth and, and the source of what's going on. And people have the patience. Patience is a good, tough thing to come by. Well, where do you think patience came from in the word for doctor's practice and, and clients have patience? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, back to, because you have so many different modalities. Um, you say that there are three techniques in energy medicine that form the basis of all the other techniques. One is running the hands over the top of the body without touch. One is holding the hands still at some point over the body, either with a very light touch or above the body. Energy medicine can be done without touch unless you're doing um, things that have to do with an acupuncture point. And that is putting pressure on that point. And those are the three things upon which all the other techniques evolve. And I like to think of it somewhat as like doing ceremony. So uh, I may want to, like we have in Healing Touch called the Chakra Connection. And it starts with the ankle and the knee and then the knee and the hip. And then you go to the major chakras and move on up and in at the top of the head. But it's all holding the hand still over those places. So it's just, uh, and that's one of the things that changed from therapeutic touch to healing touch. Therapeutic touch didn't want that kind of a, a technique at it. Dolores Krieger didn't like it. But it's basically the same thing. Where you put a, a pressure on a on a on a point. How much pressure, the angle of it can change. Um, acupuncture uses a needle. The rest, in energy medicine, uh, we're using a thumb or an elbow or uh, a finger or something to put pressure on that point to cause energy release, which helps bring things back into balance. But they're all based on the same thing. When running your hands over, you're you're feeling the the energy balance, and then you're putting it into balance. But are like in Reiki, you're running energy through you to that uh, yes. that person. In um, therapeutic touch, is that the same? Yes. And where's that energy coming from? In Healing Touch, we talk about universal source um, with uh, a, a devout Christian. I would be talking about it coming from God or from Jesus. Um, it, it depends uh, Jehovah or Allah. I need to know the person's language so that I can talk to them in that language so they're comfortable with what I'm saying. But, yes, it, it's just allowing that energy to flow through. And then when I'm draining pain, it goes and it gets drained into Mother Earth, who recycles it. Mm-hmm. Does one hand do something more than the other? Some people say the pain is, and I might yes. have this backwards, the right yes. hand, and the giving is the left or reverse. Exactly. It, uh, but you may be in a hospital setting where you can't reach with the one hand that's doing the receiving, like receiving the pain, and then uh, the the left hand is receiving the pain, the right hand is is letting it go into Mother Earth. Um, and then I, when it's all done, I would 
reverse hands and receive uh, golden white healing light and fill the energy in, into where I've removed the pain so that the pain won't come back. So there's really, you're impacting. You're yes. definitely impacting. But I have to set an intention because sometimes I can't reach. I can't get to the side of the bed I want, whatever. So I use whichever hand works, but I set the intention, this is what it's going to do. Okay. And all of the um, modalities you have, and I didn't count how many are in the book. How many are in the book? 56. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I know Healing Touch is your favorite, but did any one of them really kind of blow your mind and... Yes, yeah, this is amazing. A couple of them. Um, reconnection in many ways is like Reiki. They and you're attuned there. Um, all right, it's going right out of my head. Access consciousness. Fascinating. What is that? Yeah, uh, it, it, and they're working with points on the head and bringing things into balance. Uh, that's pretty fascinating stuff. Jinshindo and Jinjitsu um, are using pressure points. Uh, so is Shiatsu. And that fascinates me, too, that you can just actually put a pressure on something and wonderful things happen. Mm -hmm. Different than acupuncture, acu acupressure. Well, no... Because they're using acupressure, really, in what they're doing, but they'll have a different angle, a different level of pressure, whatever, that has worked for the founder of those groups. Mm -hmm. And then people are attracted to it who like that way of doing the healing work, usually because they've received it and they like it. Yeah. And because it worked for them, great. I'm going to pass yeah. it to other people. And some people are just better at one thing than another? Not necessarily, but they can accept it. Mm -hmm. That's the critical part. You don't have, as a client, you don't have to believe in it, but you're willing to accept it. Wow. it and you don't have to believe in it, right? You don't have to believe in it, but be willing to accept it. Mm -hmm. Can you block it then? Yes. You can. Yes. My brother is a eighth level black belt in Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. And uh he had kidney surgery. At that time he was he was really into Christianity on a very fundamental level, couldn't accept what I was doing, and I couldn't send energy into him. It was like hitting a brick wall. Now he's he's finding that it, it doesn't really go against his religion. And I, I can work on him now. He doesn't block it. Does this work go against any religion? No. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I don't know uh, the Bible well or any of those things, but my guess well, is you'd probably see some of this in, in their well, basic it, beliefs. And Jesus at one point brought his all disciples together, taught them how to do hands-on healing, and asked them to go out and teach others. Wow. How'd they do with that? Because it seems to have disappeared. It seems it, to have it, been lost. Yeah. Well, it kind huh. of went underground is what it did. It kind of what? Went underground. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, does this help a lot with um, psychological? We've talked about physical, but what about the psychological, the depression, the anxiety, the, the emotion. Uh, schizophrenia even? But, you know, that may be physical. <laughs> it is, although I've, I've, I've worked on schizophrenics. Um, what I really like working on is autistic. Oh, really? Especially autistic children. When I work on them... Uh, for example, the chakra connection that I was talking about before normally takes about 20 minutes. When I'm working on somebody who's autistic, it takes about an hour and a half to go very, very slowly and allow their 
their bodies and their energy fields to accept it. It takes a long time. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that it calms, especially the, I've worked on children, it calms them down quite a bit. And that will last several days and then it starts to wear off. And the but, chaos comes in again or? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Um, okay, we're going to have to close. Is there anything else that I missed that you'd like to add in? I was going to say people who are uh, trying to quit smoking or trying to get off of drugs, it's the same kind of thing as with the autism, to work very slowly and very gently to help clear that the energy of whatever the drug is out of the field because it can show up as congested energy. You clear it out and bring that field back into balance. It eases and helps them recover from their addiction. Does it help them stop? I mean, do they have to have stop before you can work on them? Or? No, no, it can help them stop. It, it's just, like I've said before, it's another tool in the toolbox. It's not mm-hmm. the only, but it does make it easier. It eases the anxiety around it, for one thing. That's great. Okay, so where can we get hold of you, and where can we get hold of your book? Um, Right now, you can pre-order it, because it comes out April 8th, and it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble, and it's on Llewellyn's uh, Llewellyn website publications. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not on my website yet, because... uh, they haven't sent me any copies, so I can't send them out to anybody. I have a copy. <laughs> yeah, I've got a copy, and I haven't. I have a copy, yeah. I almost feel like, except I'm not going to part with it. I'm thinking, should I send it to you? But I'm not parting with it. No, I'll just get a hold of Llewellyn and say, hey, I want a copy. Right, right, because I, I did cat send me one. <laughs> yeah, so it, I'll be working this week to put it up on my website and that kind of thing. Uh I kind of forgot about it, and then it dawned on me, I'm talking to you. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I know, I'm holding it up. I, it's reversed. I don't know how to change that. Um, I'm sure correct. there's a setting someplace, yeah. It's correct for me. It's it's gorgeous. It's a great book. It's fabulous. The information inside, it's fabulous book. It really is. It's, and we really so needed it out here. There was, I don't know, there there is anything that pulls all that information together, and it's just simple to to go to and investigate. Thank but you. that's great. <laughs> yeah. I have a copy. That is funny. <laughs> WinnieThomas.com will get you to my website, and I'll have it up rather soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and do you have classes over your website? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And Lenny.Thomas at Yahoo.com, you can email me directly. And that's L-I-N-N-I-E. Mm-hmm. And then T-H-O-M-A-S. Yes. Right. With, a dot in the- <laughs> With the dot in the middle for the email, but you have on your website, it's, it's what is your website? Just LennyThomas.com. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on. It's been fascinating. A lot of those questions, I've been dying to ask somebody, but I really hadn't found anybody to ask. So I'm so glad I could ask you and get the information. Well, That's and I, great. I love it when people ask me questions, so I'll be happy to answer anything that anybody gets a hold of me with. You great, bet. great. If there were any really unusual questions, Drop me a text. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. Great. That would be perfect. Thanks, Lenny, for being on with me. I really appreciate it, and I love your book. I hope you get one soon. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.